if you can help the students learn to say what's the most important and why is that important, then that forces their view into the conclusion, and that's really what makes the difference between a report and an essay. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Director of Marketing. Our goal here is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. Hi everyone, this week we're going to switch it up a bit and play for you the audio portion of one of our IEW webinars. Because the webinar itself is over an hour, we're splitting it into two parts, but we'll post both of them this week. And we'll post any links or websites mentioned in this recording at IEW.com podcast. Enjoy! Well, hello to everyone! I hope you can hear me well. Andrew Pudua here for our Unit 8 webinar. And I have the happy position of being in Vancouver, British Columbia, with none other than Dr. Webster himself, who is wonderfully helping me mark some papers from my students. And so I thought it would be fun if he could say hello to all of you. And then if you happen to have any questions along the way, you could tag those questions for him, and I will pass them on, and he can help me, as he does in every way, every day, but most specifically in answering any of your questions about Unit 8 Essays and Beyond. So let me let you hear a hello from Dr. James Burton Webster. Hi. Hello there, young people from all over North America. Here we are in Canada. We also have somebody listening in from Peru. Hey, that's nearly half the world, eh? Hey, it'll be lovely to talk to you. If you got any questions, that would be great. Okay, I'll turn you back over to Andrew and let him get on with the lesson. Bye-bye. Just in case some of you are not aware, I first learned the Structure and Style program from Dr. Webster way back in the year of 1990, and he is at this moment 91 and a half years old, and it's embarrassing because he outworks me. In fact, he's been forcing me to write poetry for a couple days in a row here, and my brain is stretched. I even had to go for a sonnet, but I've got it done. I don't know if he's going to give me a good grade or not, but we'll see if he does. So, in any case, we are talking tonight about Unit 8, which is the formal essay models. If you happen to have your seminar workbook, either the first edition or the second edition, you can turn to the appropriate pages, pages 53 to 58 in the, in the old one, 
and pages 109 to 124 in the new one. If for some reason you've got this far with us and you have not heard about the revised 2015 edition of the Teaching, Writing, Structure, and Style, since we have those little fancy dividers and all that, you shouldn't have too much trouble finding it. Just for those of you who may need a quick review, there are nine units to the Structure and Style syllabus. Unit 1 and 2, note making and outlines, and writing from those notes, writing from outlines. That's what we teach in the beginning, and we did this in September because we go through this webinar through the nine units over the course of the school year, and one of our big goals is to help people make progress not get stuck along the way. So we have, through this school year, been in September. In October, we talked about the Unit 3, Retelling and Working with Narrative Stories. Then in November, we did the Unit 4 uh, review, which was summarizing a reference. And of course, in Unit 4 there, we teach the Topic Clincher Paragraph Model. That becomes a building block for all of the successive units, five, six, seven, and eight. So that's kind of a linchpin key unit there so that students really get the hang of that topic clincher idea. In unit five, we talked about writing from pictures. This was our December webinar, and in January, kind of had a bonus one. And then February, summarizing multiple reference. This is kind of that research project, the multiple reference research project in microcosm, and that also then serves as a building block for Unit 8, where we are tonight. Unit 7, we had a lot of fun last month in March with the inventive, what we used to call creative, but now we call inventive writing, the idea of uh, it's just you and your mind and whatever you happen to carry around in it. And in Unit 7, at the middle and upper school level, we introduce the idea of the five-paragraph format. That five-paragraph format is then what we focus on initially in Unit 8 with the formal essays, and it is the first of the formal essay models. So that's where we are tonight. We will have one more webinar here next month in May before the end of the school year. We'll talk about the critiques and response to literature. And then we will take a little break for the summer. I will be traveling a great deal. But I would just reiterate for you the basic idea that this is a suggested schedule of working through the nine units over the course of the school year. If you have younger students, you certainly can go a little bit slower, grade two and three, you may spend, you know, six to eight weeks per unit and only get up to, say, unit five or maybe six over the course of one school year. For upper elementary, you may get all the way up to, say, unit six or seven. And then I would say middle school and up. You probably can follow this one a month schedule. And then with high school level, you can go a little faster. You may not have to spend an entire month on unit one and two, go a little swifter through, and then you've got time for more essays and more critiques at the end of the year. Tonight we will be talking about the unit eight. This is a sample of our mini poster. This mini poster is something that's available 
for you as part of the premium content on our website if you have access to that. Hopefully you do. Uh, or it's a poster that you can just look at and make your own kind of handmade version. We'll talk about what is essay differences between Unit 8, Unit 6, Unit 8, Unit 7. What's our teaching process? Going beyond the five-paragraph model, we'll do a little review of the stylistic techniques and hopefully get all the questions answered. One of the goals of a live webinar is to be sure that the people who carve time out of their busy lives to be with us are able to get all of their questions answered. And for those of you who have just joined in, I will re-mention the fact that I am in the room with my mentor, my teacher, my great model, Dr. Webster. I'm in Vancouver, British Columbia, and if you've got a question that I can't answer, I'll just kick it over to him. Or if you have a question specifically for him, I know many of you, you know, especially, you know, Bernadette and, and Donna and Kathleen and Susan and others, you've been with us for many, many years. You might uh, like to ask uh, Dr. Webster a question. So uh, feel free to type that in to the question box because this is a, a rare opportunity that I can be here and do this with him right now. All right, so what is an essay? You know, for years I would travel around kind of torturing high school students with a mic in the face. Only I didn't have a microphone, I'd use a whiteboard marker, but I would ask them, so what is an essay? You know, how would you define it? And the answers were kind of amusing. One of them, one of the most common answers was, of course, something you don't want to do. Another common answer was like a really long paper or something. Occasionally, you'd get a student who said, well, you know, it's like this thing that has like, you know, like an introduction and like a body and like a conclusion. And then you thought, okay, they've learned something along the way. But after years of doing this, I kind of thought, well, how would I answer the question if someone asked me? Yes, Joanne, torture. That would be another honest answer from, from teenagers. But how would I answer it? I know the, the essay models, but what is the nature of the thing? What, what is kind of a, a definition that defines, you know, that gives us a sense of what we're really trying to accomplish? So I looked it up in a few different dictionaries and kind of got this as a composite definition. A short literary composition on a particular theme or subject, usually in prose, and generally analytic, speculative, or interpretive. In other words, an essay is, is a composition that tells your analysis or opinion about something. Now, of course, we know that an opinion without facts to support it, well, that's just obnoxious. So we know that we have to collect up and organize and present facts which are the skills that we are teaching students in Unit 4 and 6. But what differs when we get to Unit 8? Well, here's a little diagram to kind of show, you know, the, the schism between. Essentially, reports give you facts, essay gives you opinion. You need to have facts to support that opinion. In our Unit 4 and 6, our reports, we're not using any framework. We're just basically saying the number of topics equals the number of paragraphs. So you have a subject, you divide it into 
two or three or more topics, and then you end up with two or three paragraphs with the division being very clear, following the topic clincher rule, and that's a report. Whereas it's in the essay that we introduce to students the idea of the framework for those topics, so an introduction and a conclusion. We also are able to kind of force an opinion in the essay by having the students include what is most important and why in that conclusion of that essay. This is a very important thing. I learned from Dr. Webster years ago that if you just say here, you know, write a conclusion that restates the topics, it kind of it kind of dies. It kind of ends without any oomph or bang. It's it's kind of a letdown. But if you can help the students learn to say, of all that I told you there, what's the most important, and why is that important, then that forces a little bit of opinion. It forces their thinking. It forces their view into the conclusion. And that's really what makes the difference between a report and an essay, is having some sort of opinion, and in the beginning, we do it very easily. With Unit 4, we have summarizing a single reference. With Unit 6, we have summarizing multiple references. These are very similar in every way. The number of topics is the same as the number of paragraphs in the composition. You choose the facts that are interesting, important, or relevant. That's the same. The difference, of course, is in Unit 4, you would create a keyword outline from one source, Whereas in Unit 6, you would create a keyword outline for each topic from multiple sources and then fuse your source outlines into one keyword outline, the fused outline, and then write from that. We've taught and followed the topic clincher rule in both Unit 4 and 6, and we don't worry about the introductions or the conclusions. Then, if you look at the difference here between Unit 8 and Unit 4 and 6, in Unit 8, the number of topics equals the number of body paragraphs. You're still choosing facts that are important or relevant. You still create keyword outlines from one or more sources. You fuse into a fused outline, and you write from the keyword outline. But in Unit 8, you're going to add the introduction and add a conclusion. Or what we might do is reverse the order there and say add the conclusion, and then add the introduction, which often works better. So, as you can see, the process is very similar. Choose the topic, or choose the subject, choose the number of topics, take the notes, write the paragraphs. Now, in Unit 7, we talked about the five-paragraph model. We also talked about how you can do Unit 7 with fewer than five paragraphs. So, uh, it's something you know about. It's inventive. There's no external sources. It's just you and your brain and whatever you happen to carry around in it. You're inventing or finding ideas for descriptions, for kind of imaginative writing. You could be writing about your experience. You're writing about your hopes or dreams. You're giving your opinion on something. But it's all what you, what you know, what you carry around with you. Whereas Unit 8 now, you're free to write what you believe, what you want to express about something, but you can go and collect up information as you would for research.
So the body paragraphs of the Unit 8 would be either a Unit 4 or Unit 6 type of assignment. And those of you who have done the IEW Teaching Writing Instruction Style Certification, you know that in our TWSS, we do the first paragraph on elephants and infrasound. We do the second paragraph for Unit 4 on the species of elephants. And then in Unit 6, you choose between behavior, domestication, family and social groups, something like that. And then you combine those three paragraphs into the Unit 8 composition, adding on a conclusion and introduction. So that's also a good way to teach it to your students, is use content for the body paragraphs that you've already worked through, pull those out, and refine or revise while adding in the conclusion introduction and that seems to be a very good way to deal with the five paragraph essay first assignment. Alright, so with the model, number one, determine the subject, number two, list possible topics, then you choose the topics based on the number needed, you research and create your keyword outline, you may or may not use multiple sources, so you fuse those together, and write the body paragraphs. We actually suggest that students write their body paragraphs first. And there are a few reasons as to why this is so. We'll go over in a little bit. Then, the conclusion, you echo, you restate or echo the topics. Be sure to choose of all that you said in those body paragraphs, what is the most and it doesn't really matter what word follows, the most important, most significant, most meaningful, most useful, most applicable, most dangerous, most impacting, whatever works you know, in the context of your content, what is the most significant and why? And of course we're continuing the whole idea of the title coming from the last sentence. And then lastly, write the introduction, the attention getter, the background information, stating the topics, very helpful there. And one thing I would mention here is reasons to do, well, I'll mention that a little bit later, reasons to do the introduction last. But let's take a look at some specific content. And let's say that you were writing a basic five paragraph essay about Thomas Edison, right? So you would go and collect information about Thomas Edison and you would probably discover that Edison was an inventor and one of those important things that he did invent was the the phonograph and how he did that some of those details so he discovered that you could record sound as early as 1877 that's earlier than most of us think with the grooved cylinder, I think the first thing he tried to record was Mary Had a Little Lamb, and he was then discovered the Wizard of Menlo Park, and that was his first major invention. A second very important invention was the light bulb, although he didn't actually invent it, he improved. It was an old idea, but what he was able to do was use the lower current, create a filament that could last longer than just a, a couple hours, improved the vacuum nature, and made it practical for home use. So we are all indebted to Edison for the modern 
light bulb. And then the third thing he was able to come up with was this movie camera idea so that there would be multiple frames of a picture that could be very close, closely shown together and the first uh, actual motion picture shown in a theater in 1896. Now, obviously, this subject is Edison's key inventions. It's not about his childhood. It's not about his education. It's not about his feud with Nikola Tesla. It's not about his partnership with George Westinghouse. It's not about his habits of sleeping very little but taking frequent naps throughout the day. It's not about the end of his life. There's nothing about his family. So essays have to have a focus, otherwise they get too broad. So in this case, we see, you know, the subject was Edison's three most important inventions. That's basically where this student has gone with this. So you would write the body paragraphs first, and that's easy because you collect up the information, you have your notes, you don't have to think a whole lot in terms of what should I say. The content is all laid out very conveniently, and you can do that. Then uh, you can say, all right, of all that I told you about Edison, he invented, you know, he, he worked on the, he invented the phonograph, he improved hugely the light bulb, he essentially came up with the method of making motion pictures, and most significantly, you know, what was that? And now that becomes an opinion, because you may think that the phonograph was the great breakthrough or you know I'm sitting here in a room with light bulbs I'm thinking no I'd I'd far rather have light bulbs than a phonograph but then other people are saying but what about you know motion pictures wasn't that a huge breakthrough so you would pick one of those things or one thing about those things and then zero in and say why is that the most significant or valuable thing about Edison and why so that why then becomes your application, your interpretation. You may say of all those three, which one had the greatest change or impact on culture, society, or individuals, or which one impacts me personally. And so then you're starting to get into your analysis, your speculation, your interpretation. And that is what moves it from being a report where here's the facts about Edison's inventions to here's an essay Edison's inventions, boom, 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 and here's what I think about that. So that's really critical to get into the conclusion. Then we recommend that students do the introduction last. And I've played with this for a long time. You know, why why do it? It it's a, seems a little bit harder, but when I've actually had students do this, they always agree that they get a better introduction if they write the first paragraph last. Well, okay, a few reasons. And we went over this in the Unit 7 webinar, but it's worth repeating. First of all, that attention getter, right? So what are you trying to do with an attention getter? You're trying to draw the reader in, some kind of hook, some kind of catch, some kind of thing that will grab the reader and say, this is going to be interesting, you know, read me. Well, what do you do? Well, it could be a question, it could be a quotation, it could be a shocking or interesting fact, it could be a short little anecdote there, it could be one of the decorations, if you've taught those, a 3SSS or an alliteration or a simile. Those, that, that whole idea, you know, that whole attention getter idea 
requires probably a little more creativity or ingenuity than everything else in the essay. So for many kids, doing that attention-getting thing first is the hardest thing. So here's what can happen. The kids sit down, okay, this essay, I've got to write this thing. And the first thing I have to do in the first paragraph is think of something clever. But I can't really think of something clever. But I can't start until I think of something clever. But I can't think of something clever. So how do I start? So you get this kind of writer's block problem that can happen when you, you try to write the first sentence first. If you go ahead and write the, the topic paragraphs and the conclusion, that just all lays out pretty well. You've got outlines, you don't have to be clever, and it gives your subconscious, your beautiful brain, an opportunity to come up with options and weigh what you might do against what you're doing and, and gives you some space to breathe the subject matter. So that's one reason if you don't start with the first sentence first, it avoids the problem of the you know, writer's block issue that can happen when you, you know, sit down to crank this thing out the day before it's due or whatever. With the background information, again, until you've really written the whole essay, until you've wrestled with it, until those keywords from the outline have gone into prose and you've made your concluding statement, you don't really know what you're writing there for, you know, getting all that done, then you can you know, give the background information and state the thesis so much more effectively, so with, with better framing and focus than if you try to do it before you know what you're actually going to be writing. And I think you can state the topics more elegantly, and you can also avoid too much repetition. You know, one of the criticisms of the five-paragraph essay is that there's too much embedded repetition. Well, that may be true if you're using exactly the same words in exactly the same way in the introduction, in every topic clincher, and in the conclusion. However, if you've written it out and you look at it and say, ah, what are some synonyms? What are some ways I could rephrase these topics so that it introduces them without using the exact same words that can be more effective, more subtle, less uh, kind of like I said, redundant, painfully redundant type of repetition. All right, so right from the inside out, you can teach the first Unit 8 lesson, if you wish, by adding an introduction and conclusion to paragraphs that you previously wrote in Units 2 or 4 or 6, or a combination thereof. Conclusion echoes the topics, and because the analysis explaining why know what's the most important and why because that is so crucial then most of the conclusion should be given over to that idea of why is what you've said most important most important the good thing about starting with something like you know Edison or some kind of plants or animals or place is that your opinion about what's the most important thing that's pretty safe you can't really be wrong. If I say the most important thing about Edison's inventions is the light bulb, and you say the most important thing was the phonograph, 
Well, that, you know, neither of us is wrong about that. The world has not you know, decided and dictated the absolute correct answer on that. So this is where we move into the world of opinions, and children can be very safe in that way. All right, so we want to kind of work through the Unit 8 process that way. We are continuing to use the title rule, and uh, I'm very pleased. If you look in the uh, TWSS book, as well as in uh, Dr. Webster's Blended Structure and Style and Composition book, pretty much all the samples have the title coming from the very last sentence. And it just works so well, so conveniently. It gives that aha feeling at the end when the reader sees the title at the top and they read all the way through and they hear one, two, or three words from the title in the last sentence. So we continue working with that, and it works very well. Now, there are a few other essay models that we should address. There is, of course, the expanded essay, which would be six or even seven paragraphs. So this is a very easy modification. You're simply adding now one or two topics to each of the essay models. So rather than introduction, three topics, conclusion, here you have introduction, four topics, conclusion, or five topics. Then you can tell four or five things about whatever you're talking about. Four things about that animal, four or five inventions of Thomas Edison, four or five important events from the life of a famous person, four or five causes of that war, four or five famous battles in that war, four or five steps in the process of a discovery, four or five reasons as to why we as a society should or should not go this or that way. So really, from the very, very simple elementary level essay about animals or states or people up to a more advanced essay talking about current issues, these models work very easily and you can simply expand the number of topics. Remembering, of course, that length dictates structure. So you want to help the students know, okay, if, if they're supposed to write something of so many paragraphs, so many words, so many pages, okay, how many paragraphs is that and how many body paragraphs, therefore how many topics. They go find the topics, choose the number of facts they need for each topic, six or seven probably, and then you know how much information to collect up. You can do a shorter essay. This is something we would mention for a timed essay where you don't have enough time to write a full five paragraphs. You could do a four-paragraph, two-topic essay for the SAT or ACT, but honestly, the SAT and ACT are in such constant flux, it's hard to make any kind of determining statement about how you should prepare for that because they seem to be constantly reworking the scoring system and the time and the type. Probably for the most current analysis of the SAT and ACT essay, it would be good for folks to look up our product High School Essay Intensive that help with that. And if you've got a student right around the corner from doing that, it could be a very helpful course. And in fact, I don't know if any of you are in Southern California, but in two weeks in Rancho Cucamonga, 
Inland Empire area there, Ontario, Rancho Cucamonga, I will be doing a live full-day high school essay intensive course. So that's an opportunity you might like to take a hold of. We do have to stop here because we're out of time for today. But because we don't want to leave you hanging too long, we'll go ahead and post the rest of the content later this week. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or Stitcher, or just visit us each week at iew.com slash podcast. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Poudois and the team at IEW, I thank you for the privilege of allowing us to partner with you on this educational journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking.